For those of you who just joined us and don't know what you've done with your life, we are the Obvious Brothers. I'm Obvious Steve. I'm Obvious John. And we have two special guests with us today, two supposed experts in college football. Uh, first, our friend Swerve, a.k.a. Josh. Say hi, Josh. Good morning, everybody. And and, and uh, the the most uh, the infamous Sean. Say say hi, Sean. Hey, morning, everybody. Okay, and just to get it get it out there for everybody to understand, Sean's not going to say anything credible, but Sean's wife has lots of friends who will up the ratings of the podcast. So it's true. Yep, he's here. Just we got him for the numbers. We got it. He's here for the numbers, and we don't think they're really his numbers, but they're somebody he lives with numbers. But that's all right. And Sean usually takes that pretty well. Uh, I know why I'm here. <laughs> and, and and of course up front we have to point out uh sean is famous for uh kind of having uh, a one-track mind uh a la Ru rudy giuliani it is noun verb notre dame so uh there, there you go right sean uh we, we say god country notre dame but yeah you're right god 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 country notre dame well, we say that okay great so uh, let me remind you of all the rules. The first one we have to remind John of, no slurping your coffee, John. Yep. No, no rattling uh, your ice cubes in, in, the, in your uh, container. Uh, and I'm not supposed to do a whole series of things I don't remember. So, okay. All right, everybody. College football season. This is an all-college football podcast um, let, let's start. Uh, this is week zero starts tomorrow. How many games you go and watch week zero? Let's go around. John. Um, I'm going to watch the Northwest Northwestern Nebraska game. Oh, you're, but you're only watching it for the scenery. True. True. Okay. Okay. So that, there, there we go. Josh. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably have a game on almost at all times. Although of course, my beloved Pirates are in Philadelphia tonight, so uh, I will be at the games all weekend. Ah, nice. Okay. So, so a Pirates Philly series for 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 uh, command of almost nothing, but uh, I guess they they uh, they are rivals over the state of Pennsylvania. I guess the Pirates can kind of put a damper in where the Phillies are at, huh? Yeah, I mean, they probably won't, but in theory, they could. <laughs> <laughs> there's optimism and sean how many games are you gonna watch i am gonna try in between the baby's naps to watch three games um i'm with i'm with john on the nebraska game have to see what ireland looks like um i want to see uconn utah state because i'm what? sick <laughs> you uconn is is always a fun watch every year and then the nightcap uh vandy at, at hawaii is a good uh good 10 30 game Wow, he's a serious college football fan if he's really watching that many games. Um, I guess this is the sport you really get into, huh, Sean? It is, yep. It, it is. Okay, so let's, Steve, let's... can I ask a question real quick just because I, I wanted to make sure of this. This is a Nebraska fan pod, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Josh. Yeah. John, John, that's right. John and I have never been known to diss Nebraska, right, John? No, never. Well, 
we 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 take a lot of pride in the fact Nebraska is what the best bowling team in the country. Yep. Yeah. They did. I think they also won a volleyball title. Once upon yes, they they they're pretty good in volleyball. So uh, yes, uh, it is a Nebraska fan cast. Thank you for reminding us, uh, Josh, and reminding us why we would be watching the game tomorrow morning. So, so do we want let, – let's start with the Week Zero games. You got picks. Might as well start with the Nebraska-Northwestern game. That's a big-ass line. Everybody buying that line or – Well, I'll tell you what I like is uh, the under. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what is the over-under? Last I saw it was 47. Um, and so what you got in this game is, you know, Northwestern, which a team that – seems to take offense to offense and uh, Nebraska with a new quarterback uh, transfer from Texas, Casey Thompson and a new uh, offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, formerly of Hilda Pitt. Um, You know, I, I, it just seems like they are going to struggle to uh, move the ball up and, you know, it's not going to be one of these track meets where they just are, are scoring every drive. So, Really seems to me like, uh, you know, something like 24 to 6 sounds about right. Yeah. Except the over, the over under now is at 15 and a half. Oh, geez. Yeah. Pound the, pound the under. I pound agree. The, okay. Fit, fit, well, okay. You say that, but you do know what the score was last year, right? That was last year. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, but it was like what? 52 to 7? 56 to seven. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, right. So, but that was at what point in the season? Yeah, late. Yeah, I mean, weeks, it's, we can't even say this is week one, which, you know, I have a rant about week zero that maybe I'll save for another day. But <laughs> um, I, I just don't think that with a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback, Nebraska is going to be able to score at will like that. Um, I think there's going to be some, you know, kinks that they have to iron out okay uh sean any any uh views on betting uh the opening i don't even know how early does it start tomorrow morning so 11 30 11 yeah 11 30 central oh okay so it's an evening game in dublin huh I, yeah i made i maybe uh yeah so sean anything on that game uh, I, I think I agree with the group. Uh, probably not going to hit the over. I, I, I like Nebraska. Uh, it is a big number with the 13, but like Josh said, I wouldn't be surprised. 24-7, 28-10 type deal. Northwestern doesn't have the benefit. I don't know if the stadium is natural grass, um, but they don't have the benefit of their home field, which always seems to have foot-high grass to slow other teams down. So I think I, I, feel, I feel comfortable with your favorite team, Nebraska. Okay. Well, that, that's good. Uh, I, I guess maybe there's a segue. Nebraska's over-under for the year is seven and a half. John and I have already derided that. Do you guys have an opinion about Nebraska at seven and a half wins for the series, season? Oh, yeah, I got an opinion. <laughs> I remember, it is a Nebraska fan podcast. <laughs> so, you know, I – you may or may not know I am planning to place a $5 bet on every power five team. Plus for some reason, Notre Dame this year on their uh, over under wins total. And, (laughs) (laughs) and 
at looking and relooking and third looking and you know looking at Nebraska's schedule. Yeah, I see six wins. Yeah, uh, I see two toss ups at Purdue and Minnesota at home, and you know if they if they split those games and it makes sense that they would win a game at home and lose a game on the road, then, you know, best case scenario, I'm falling short now, you know, okay. Last year they played Oklahoma close this year. It's at Nebraska. Okay. I'm not going to assume that they're going to win that game. I'm not going to assume they're going to win at Michigan, even though they played Michigan close last year, Wisconsin. So they actually, if you're betting on the over under, it's kind of fun. They could be at six or seven wins heading to uh, the November 12th weekend, week 11, week 12 in reality. But we're, this is like we're pretending that the 13th floor doesn't exist at the hotel, right? It's right. Um, <laughs> but in week 11 through the end of the season, they go at Michigan, Wisconsin at home, at Iowa. So you could be sitting at seven and never you know, get never get to eight. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, it could be very frustrating in that respect. So I'm under on Nebraska seven and a half. Okay. Sean. Uh, again, this might be a boring podcast. I agree with Josh. I think when I looked through the schedule, I was actually around five wins, but to Josh's point, maybe, you know, if Purdue is having a rough year, they, they knock them off. But that, that end of the schedule is um, a killer. Uh, the last three games, even, you know, depending on what Minnesota does the last four games. Yeah. Well, let me let me say, John, John, uh, in the part that I'm cutting out of the podcast said he he looked at Stanford, Steve and the Bears online. And I've listened to their podcast. And if I could do it, just Stanford, Steve voice, Stanford, Steve really thinks Nebraska might take Oklahoma that weekend. And they keep saying this. And I'm like, wait, where do you get that from? I mean, yeah, they played them close last year. But as Josh said, that doesn't mean they're going to. So. So I'm curious if like because it looks like they have six clear wins. So what do you have them losing, Sean? Out of Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Indiana, at Rutgers, and Illinois. Five of those are home games, and at Rutgers, I don't think has ever struck fear in anyone. <laughs> uh, so, so the the one I was looking at, uh, Illinois. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, you oofed, John. I don't think that's a sure win. And uh, I. And, you know, not to get trapped in, it's it's a new year, right? New season, but Illinois got them last year at home, but that wasn't in, in week zero, so. Yeah, it was. And that was, you know, Nebraska famously lost a bunch of games last year that, you know, they comically kicked away. Um, but I think the thing that people always forget in college football, and probably in all college sports, is that uh, – unless you are like the Alabamas and Georgias and Ohio States of the world, winning on the road is really difficult. And uh, generally you should be giving the nod to the home team in these Nebraska, Illinois matchups. Right. That's that's there's wisdom from, from the swerve there. Uh, Let me also, let me say, I don't, how did we get, I guess it is a Nebraska fan podcast. Uh, I heard, I think I heard you can back this up, but I'm pretty sure I heard Nebraska went one and eight in the Big Ten last year, yet their scoring differential was on the positive side. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. So uh, just to indicate how many close games they lost and 
of course, the one game they won, they won 56 to 7. So, makes up some ground. So, all right. That, that was great. Week zero. Anything else on week, Z, week zero? Uh, anybody like Wyoming, Illinois to bet Illinois. On? Hammer, Illinois. Hammer, Illinois. Is it 12 or 13? 11. Only 11. Okay. Hammer, Illinois. All right. Anybody else on that or something else? Do you do you want a real sicko mode? Yeah. Uh, how about I like taking the points for uh, New Mexico State against Nevada? How many are they getting? Let me. I'm looking it up. Uh, Nevada is currently giving eight points. Eight, huh? So, yeah, keeping that, within, keeping that within a touchdown. I mean, New Mexico State has been, you know, they are one of the few independents out there, and it's been rough going for them. Um, they, they've, they've been one of the worst teams in FBS for, I don't know, a decade. But uh, this year they uh, made a new coach hire, and they hired Jerry Kill, who you may remember as former Northern Illinois and Minnesota head coach. Right. Uh, I think he also was interim head coach at maybe Indiana or I don't remember where, but he has a, he has a, a medical problem that prevented him from keeping the job at Minnesota, you know, suffering right. years on the sideline. Now he's back at uh, New Mexico state and, you know, he's a guy who plays close games, can coach a team to do things competently, you know, overcomes, the talent to make it look better than, you know, the, make the whole look better than the sum of its parts. So, um, you know, I think that, the, and, and also, you know, Nevada lost uh, Jay Norvell as their head coach who moved on to another job in the conference. Uh, was it um, Fresno or anyway? Yeah, Fresno is a new coach. Yeah. He so. moved on and uh, it was basically seen as, you know, I mean, it doesn't often happen that uh, coach moves in the into a job in the same conference. Right. And lateral. Uh, you know, it feels lateral. Right. Yeah. It was basically seen as like a lack of interest in investing in the football program at Nevada. So um, that's one where, you know, Nevada could be in for a real long, rough season. All right. That's why we're here for deep dives. So, so Vanderbilt, Hawaii. Does anybody think Vanderbilt goes to the Big Island and, and wins in front of ninety three hundred fans? No. Well, I think they win, but that's another big spread. I, I like Hawaii to, to cover that one. Okay, Sean, you're going to be watching. What do you think? Um, um, t- team Hawaii on this one. Is that right? Is what yep. Hawaii Hawaii to cover? Huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, I, and, and I see on ESPN, it's on CBS Sportsnet. Do we all know where that is on our on our TV? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm lock, locked in. <laughs> all right. So if we're if we're going, uh, we'll do this again next Friday, John and I. So let's talk about next Thursday night. Are we juiced for next Thursday night? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many oh, years yeah. has it been since West Virginia and Pitt played? Uh, 2011. So 11 years. Yeah. 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 They like each other a lot, right? Love each other. Um, yeah. Schools are 75 miles away, right down I-79. Um, and near, nearest div one schools, uh, well, to Pitt 
Well, it might is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, played. I think they played ninety-five times in their history, and uh, it's been a while. So yesterday, you know, perusing tweets, I saw the Pit Football Twitter account tweeted out a, um, a video of the team stretching at the beginning of practice, and they were stretching to that uh, jaunty ode to uh, the Shenandoah Valley, "Take Me Home, Country Roads." Ah, uh, oh no, that's an Irish folk song. it's too funny yeah it's you and i the 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 other two don't listen to the podcast so they don't know this story but anyway go on john uh, josh it's a it's a a good uh and um you know i i'm looking forward to it it'll be my First game at Heinz Field in uh, three years, so really looking forward to it. Uh, first, 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 I'm sorry. First game in where? First game for me attending at Heinz uh, at Grisier <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> Come on, you gotta get where that rolls off your tongue. The the empty ketchup bottle. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, metaphorically speaking, I guess. Uh, yeah. So what what is the line on that game? Because I've got stupid ESPN online side up, and it doesn't have the spread with the minus seven. 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 Yeah. Oh, that, so we're all involved in pigskin mania, right? Yeah. Actually, I'm not. I'm not in pigskin mania this year yet. Well, you still have a. Well, I mean, you can join after, but you still have six days before the season begins. So they don't have week zero going. Um, yeah. If Pitt's giving seven at the time they post the spreads on Mania, I might have to go with the Mountaineers. Yeah, there are questions about how good the Mountaineers are going to be this year. Well, you know, they they have JT Daniels, who was a five-star recruit to Southern Cal, uh, committed to Clay Helton, then lost his job to um, Keaton Slovis, ironically the quarterback at Pitt this year. And then – uh, transferred from SC, was at Georgia for two years, won the national championship last year, but what famously was benched. And, yeah. then, um, and then transferred to West Virginia for his sixth year, I believe, this year. Or... Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll see. They have, they have hopes. I think they do, but, you know, I mean, he got benched for Stetson Bennett, and we all saw how – he operated that offense. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he may be an upgrade at West Virginia, but he's not. Uh, yeah. He, he's, he's not playing his six year of college ball because the pros are uh, salivating over getting him. <laughs> no, certainly not. So, anybody else on that one? Yeah. Uh, if, if that line doesn't move, then it, you, I think you got to take West Virginia there. Okay. All right. Well, well, the big game on, on Thursday night is in West Lafayette, of course. So uh, uh, I, I know uh, everybody I listen to who's a better loves a home dog. And at last I looked, and I think I looked this morning, it's Penn State giving three to Purdue on the road. What do we think? Penn State. 
Are you go, you're going to take the? Okay, you're, that's not like you. I know, but I don't see why. I mean, Purdue's not going to be that good. Uh, that's a good question. Are they? I mean, what is that good? They're they're lot they're over under is seven and a half. Uh, yeah, I also took the under on that. Okay. Well, and it, well, if you're taking Penn State next Thursday, I understand why. I think Penn State's is eight and a half, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's not a big. Yeah, that probably says three points, right? Yeah. Sean, I am. Uh, so, so you got. I hope I'm not the jinx for you guys. I'm. I'm going back to the previous game. I'm on Pitt. Uh, is that right? For this game, I am uh, I'm high on Purdue this year. So, Steve, that might be a little a little scary for you. Shit. I think I, I think they hit the over on on Wednesday. <laughs> I think they beat uh, in an early game a not great Penn State team. Yeah. Okay. Anything, Swerve? Yeah. You know, my default is to pick Penn State just because I hate them so much. So if they win then you know at least i picked it correctly and if they lose then i don't care if i picked it incorrectly but um <laughs> but i like that theory you know i i think uh this is the fourth or fifth year for their quarterback sean clifford and yeah. um man you know so last year penn state was like what number four in the country they were winning at iowa i believe um, and looking pretty good. They were up like 17 to three or something like that. And then Clifford got hurt, missed the rest of that game. They lost on the road to Iowa. Then they lost next week in that game that makes us all reconsider whether we like this sport when they lost in nine overtimes to Illinois. And um, I, I just, I'm, I've never been a Sean Clifford guy. I, I don't really see how he's the quarterback. They do have a true freshman um, who was a five-star recruit from Medina, Ohio. Yeah. Who uh, Drew Aller is his name. And, yeah, you know, well, I'm, I'm wondering at what point the, the calls for him to play are going to get deafening. Well, I, I, I heard one of the podcasts I listened to that, uh, that were calling research <laughs> said that the fresh, they had packages for the freshmen to run, which is kind of when you've got a fifth year senior starter who's supposed to be so good that you're running packages for somebody else seems kind of ominous. Yeah. I, you know, if you're making me pick that game and you're telling me it's three um, today, I'd probably lay the points with Penn state. Um, but if it, if it would move in either direction, I would take a second look at that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to move up, but I I could be wrong. Uh, I, I will repeat what, what I said on last week's podcast. Uh, Karen and I are going to be there, so uh, I hope it's I hope it's a three point game. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, uh, it should be wild. I, I, I it's sold out in a blackout night, and Fox is there, so rah rah. <laughs> Do you remember, Steve, a couple years ago, might have been 2019 or 2018, when Purdue had on the, the train tracks painted on the sidelines? Yeah. Why don't they do that all the time? That was cool. Yeah. They had them on their helmets there for a minute, too. That was pretty cool. They, they sometimes have them on the, on the helmet design, too. Uh, so, 
Yes, they, they, they do do some good graphic things with their uh, around on their uniforms in the stadium and stuff. So, all right, well, that's that's next Thursday night. Let's get down to the nitty gritty of the season. Everybody seems to think it's Georgia, Alabama and Ohio State and who's number four. I guess we start. Do we all agree that it's those three and we're looking for number four? I don't. Well, who's out? Well, the loser of the Georgia-Alabama game, I think. Um, I, I don't want to live in a world where it's just assumed that two teams from a conference are going to make the playoff. Okay. So who are you putting in their place? Well, that's the tough question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean is on the edge of his seat waiting for you to say I, I am. Well, I don't think a three-loss Notre Dame is going to make it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Uh, that's good. We're, we're, I'm going to hold on to that for a second. Go go on. Yeah, so. um, You know, I think I, I have questions about them, but, you know, so I think this is going to be a year where, you can afford a loss, maybe two losses to get into the playoff. And never been um, two loss team make it. Yeah, n- not yet. But I think uh, I think Oklahoma um, has the best chance of coming out of the Big Twelve. Uh, I have my questions about Venables as a head coach, uh, but certainly he's got the experience. He's been a coach at uh, you know defensive coordinator at Oklahoma before, so he knows the ground there. Um, I'm also going to take a flyer on, uh, and I hate saying this because I think everybody's going to be rooting against them this year, but I think uh, West Coast football is going to be revived, and I think uh, SC sneaks in as the four seed and gets pounded by 40 by Alabama. Okay. Well, that's, that's an interesting take. Thank, thank you. And let me back you up there. My number four is USC, too. So I'm going to go with the top three, but – uh, I, I love USC's schedule. Uh, they really only, well, it was pointed out on one, I'm sure it was Stanford, Stephen, and Bear. Uh, they, they should be easy winners in nine games, so they really have three games to worry about. Utah, UCLA, and Notre Dame, those last two are the last two games of the year. So, uh, yeah, I uh, lots of winnable games there, and if you're willing to even concede that they go with a loss, you know, uh, they, they look pretty good. They would not be real surprising for them to end up at least 11-1 and and maybe 12-0. and uh, If they're as good as they're, they might be winning at home against Notre Dame in the last game uh, wouldn't be a big problem. John or Sean, your turn. Go ahead, Sean. All right. Um, we, we know we're sh- uh, God, country, <laughs> Notre Dame, and Alabama, right? Is that the final four? That's, uh, yep, yep, that's the final four. So I, I have a couple potential sleepers. I, I'm with you guys. There's a chance with USC uh, if their schedule plays out the right way and they get hot. Having Notre Dame at the end, I think, helps. Um, obviously, yeah, I think Bama and Ohio State are there, and then we could argue – you know, three could be maybe Clemson or Georgia. Uh, I will make a case for Notre Dame if they 
Uh, schedule's not as easy as it as it is in previous years, but I think if they lose at, <laughs> at if, if if they lose at Ohio State to open the year by less than ten, could, <laughs> could there could and and, and 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 honestly, and if Ohio State runs the table, if Notre Dame finishes uh, eleven and one with that loss to Ohio State, I think it would be hard not to put them in. You would run into potentially the rematch scenario. Um, but I think in a year where, you know, you find a way to avoid that. Right. Well, and you guys even said it it, it could really be a year where a two loss team gets in. Um, I don't think a two loss Notre Dame gets in, unfortunately, but, um, if that is their only loss, I think they have a pretty strong argument. If Ohio state is solid, um, you heard me laugh. I I think it's funny when you start pitching for a, a college football playoff spot, Sean, with, if they can keep the first game to, to under 10. <laughs> with, a, with a week one loss. <laughs> yeah, but, with a 10-point week long one loss. You, Sounds you like know, a strong case, Sean. <laughs> I, I think we've, we've seen it, you know, it, it can really, it can boost teams. Was it last year, two years ago, Georgia Clemson playing that tight game opening weekend? I it think. was last year, and it yeah. was a shit game. And it, it was turned out to suck. Yeah. <laughs> they they did, but it, you know, following that, I think a lot of folks still kept them pretty highly ranked. So that that's the key for Notre Dame, right? If you keep it close and you look respectable and you stay in the top ten, and then you tick off some some other wins, are you you in a position to do that? So I'll, I'll get off the Notre Dame bandwagon for a second. Well, we'll come, um, we'll be coming back to Notre Dame in a moment. Good, yeah. okay. good. I, I'm excited for that. So I, I have two outside of USC out west. I do think. The Pac-12 has a shot uh, this year. The other two names I'll, I'll throw out there, and I've seen some folks hot on Utah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think them being ranked as high as they are preseason helps them. Again, the schedule opens up for them. They, they open with Florida, who, you know, they could catch a, an unranked Florida and, and win and still say that's that's a big out-of-conference victory for them. Um, yeah. And then Oregon and USC, if they beat them. On the flip side, uh, going back to the Notre Dame model, if Oregon can keep it close against Georgia and then win the Pac-12, I think they they have a shot. And then I'll throw you my, my super sleeper team, uh, although I have seen some people put them in the top four. Um, I think Miami, uh, if they are able to put the pieces together with their uh, quarterback, uh, they turned it on towards the end of the year last year. Um, they have an outside shot, right? They'd have to perform pretty well but i think i I wouldn't sleep on them um and they do have a big game against Pitt, which i'm sure josh is excited about oh i am not excited just to be clear uh i think Pitt has beaten miami three times in my lifetime so i that's a game that we always lose regardless of what else is going on yeah uh miami well miami's problem is they play Texas A&M uh, at uh, College Station the third week of the year. So there's a non-conference loss almost certainly, right? You, uh, you, you would think. And they finish the season with Clemson and Pitt. So. Who's the starting quarterback at, at A&M? Have they announced that yet? Is it is it Max Johnson? Uh, I, that name does ring a bell. Yes. He, he's a transfer from, uh, um, LSU, his dad, Brad Johnson played, had a long career in the uh, NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
Max Johnson was a guy who I always kind of thought was uh, got a got a raw deal at you know I mean LSU had just been a mess for you know since they won the national title, but uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. He is left-handed, which you know as a fellow lefty, I kind of like him for that reason. But watching left-handed quarterbacks is always weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Miami, hi, huh, is Sean sleeper John? We're still we're still on college football playoff teams. Yeah, do you, I mean, is Utah's schedule good enough for them to make the playoffs if they're a one-loss team? If they're a, the, who's a one-loss two? Oregon. They lose to Oregon, but they beat both the Southern Cal teams, and they yeah. win the the conference championship. Yeah. I mean, that would be my sleeper. And I don't know that, you know, Michigan's obviously somebody to look at, but they have the tendency to um, fail as well. But their schedule's really soft this year with the exception of um, the Ohio State game. So I look at them like losing probably a, a game they should win, like maybe at Iowa that kind of screws their chances. I've heard people say they're better than they were last year. And they were good last year. They were in in the playoff, weren't they? What's the game that they're going to choke on, though? (laughs) Well. And if they don't, then they're probably the the four team. Um, Right. Clemson. Because because they like Notre Dame, they'll be playing against Ohio State in the final game of the year, trying to keep it within 10, right? Yeah. I mean, they're expecting Ohio State to be, what, a double-digit favorite in every one of their games this year? Uh, Yeah, that's what the line says now. They're a double-digit favorite in every game. Yeah. So, at this point, no one sees them having any competition in the Big Ten. And, you know, they scheduled Notre Dame to have a a, a big-time non-conference game and you know, it's 14 points, so. 15 and a half right now. Oh, it's yep. up to 15 and a half? God, it keeps getting bumped up. <laughs> Holy bet, shit. Bet the house on Notre Dame. Well, no, I I, I want to hang on to the house. It's almost paid <laughs> off. But uh, who knew there was that much Ohio State money to outweigh the Notre Dame money? Notre Dame money, yeah. Wow. Maybe, maybe the Notre Dame money finally got smart. <laughs> yeah okay i don't so, know I, I think it's uh i think that's an interesting question because you know notre dame being preseason ranked number five uh i mean based on what right like I, <laughs> a soft schedule i mean I, you know so their schedule is a notre dame schedule right like it's always people call it soft um i don't think it's any softer than playing in like the ACC coast or whatever. Right. Like I think it's probably the same as that. And, uh, and they, they do have a couple of highly ranked big games. I think it's mostly, so what I think it's mostly based on is uh, Marcus Freeman. right? And I think uh, as, as Sean can note, like Marcus Freeman certainly is off to a strong start recruiting wise. Um, and, and, you know, he's probably going to take Notre Dame's recruiting up a level from what Brian Kelly had, who was a good recruiter, but, you know, being a first time head coach at a job like Notre Dame, 
seems like a, a, a tall challenge. And I think he might be up for it, but maybe not, um, you know, playoff conversation this year. Yeah. So well, I think the key for them is going to be those late season games. You know, like where is where's Clemson going to be ranked in November when they play them towards the end of the season? Where's USC going to be ranked? Those teams are still ranked in the top, you know, 10 to 15. That's going to help them if they win those games, especially if they win them easily. Um, yeah. But I, other than that, to get the quality wins, you know, they're going to have to hammer – like BYU is currently ranked 25th, you know, they want them to still be ranked when they play them. So I think, you know, there, there is a case for Notre Dame to get there with, with a one loss, but they can only have one loss and that's going to be, have to be a close loss to Ohio state. Well, I, it doesn't really have to be close, but let's, let's go back to assumptions about their, their schedule. And uh, it's nine and a half is the over under, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, and if if John saw the same things I saw in the research, every everybody thinks a nine and a half is a lock to go over. Mm-hmm. So just, are we are we all? Josh does not seem to agree. So let's talk about where where are they dropping games to not go go ten and two. Well, first let me say. Uh, now, it's been a week since I put together my spreadsheet here to keep track of all my bets. But when, but when I did that, Notre Dame's over-under on the season was eight and a half, which I think is a pound-the-over situation. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So, you know, I think, like, looking at their schedule, I think you have they have four games that are against teams that are ranked in the preseason poll, which, you know, the preseason poll is worthless, but that's another topic. Um so assuming that they lose to Ohio State, they win every other game except for the three against ranked teams. They've just got to beat one of BYU, SC, and Clemson to hit the over on eight and a half, right? So certainly seems like a pound the over situation. And I think if it's nine and a half, I think you can probably assume that they can win two of those games. The BYU game is a neutral field. Um, is that it? Yeah. Dallas? No, it's uh, in Las Vegas. Vegas, Vegas right. Okay. Vegas, yeah. And then, uh, oh, right. They have those terrible uniforms that Sean lost his mind yeah. over. FanDuel <laughs> still has it at eight and a half. Yeah, that's what DraftKings has too. So, I mean, it, it seems like, a you know, in that situation, they could lose to Ohio State, Clemson, SC, and still hit the over. Right. Yeah. Like I said, definitely hammer the over situation. Yeah, if it was nine and a half, like I said, and I, I, I heard home. people, I heard people guaranteeing ten wins. So, uh, I mean, I, I think ten is pretty easy. You know, after after Ohio State, they've got Marshall at home, Cal at home, on the road at UNC, BYU in Vegas, Stanford at home, UNLV at home, at. Um, Oh God, I, w- I forget what the the Carrier Dome is now called, but it's ridiculous. Um, at Syracuse, uh, it's um, it's the Accretions Dome, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not that. It's the like Take Flight Dome or something like that. Uh, hold on, I'm I'm googling it. Uh, 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 the anyway. DNA Wireless Dome. Uh, huh? Yeah, DNA Wireless. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Clemson at home, Navy on the road. Is that game at 
the Naval Academy, Sean? It, uh, it is not. It's in uh, it's in Matt Baltimore. Lights? Yeah, they're oh. they're playing at M and T Bank. Okay, and then Boston College at home and SC on the road. It's hard to see where like where they would trip up in one of those non-ranked team games. It's it's to the point where like Carolina, Notre Dame is either winning nine games or they're winning like six games because they're just not good enough to beat the Carolinas and the Boston colleges and the BYUs. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so there you go. There's our, there's a job. Uh, Sean, you, uh, you want to tell us how they go uh, 12, uh, 11 and one and you're, you're, you're going someplace for a uh, playoff game. Yeah, I, I I say pound pound the over. I, I I think Josh hit the nail on the head. They they could lose at Ohio State, and then you know it comes down to Clemson and USC. I, I think a, a lot of buzz on social media, and I I don't think this is all. I I think partial credit to Brian Kelly, but Notre Dame has been super consistent since that awful um twenty that awful four win twenty sixteen years. So they've had. Actually, if you go back a decade, they've only had two seasons under nine wins. It was that that four and eight season, uh, and then um, an eight and five season in 2014. So uh, double digit wins since 2017, and since 2018, they've only lost seven games, um, and it was to Clemson, Bama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Georgia, and Michigan. So I think hopefully they've cleaned up those uh classic brian kelly like let's lose to usf or navy or syracuse or teams that we shouldn't be losing to um i'm hopeful that carries over with marcus freeman i I think josh was right it it will be tough for a first year head coach we saw a little bit of it in the bowl game i I think he was put in an unfair spot you know didn't have his full coaching staff out there um and was kind of thrown into it um but he has been you know a monster on the recruiting trail and i think what they have left on this roster with four All-Americans. Um, they're, they're stacked on the offensive and defensive line. I think it's good enough uh, to take care of, you know, even the North Carolinas and the BYUs. I think where where they're, where they're soft this year is going to be in the receiving core. Uh, they just lost another starter, um, and they're super light there. But I don't know how strong they'll have to be um, based on their line, their tight ends, and their running backs. I think they're, I think they're another – it's another 10-win year. All right. Well, there, there you got it. So John, you want, want to, you, you've kind of talked about it, but you're pounding the over at eight and a half. Is that what we've got? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. I, I just had it. I just had it up and I didn't pound it. So uh, there you go. I, I can't, I can't do it, but there you go. Winning money on Notre Dame is like, yeah. Poop. <laughs> all right. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so do we want to hit? Uh, we we John and I talked went through the IU schedule at some point. Uh, no, no, we don't want to do that. Under, under. you're going up. <laughs> definitely under. Is it four and a half? Four, four. And then what is Pitt this year? It's a pretty big number, right? It's like eight. eight. I'm sorry. Eight. eight and ten. Yeah. Um. So, you know, Pitt opens the season with uh, West Virginia at home on Thursday night. First game, first real game of the season, because week zero doesn't count. Um, with a seven o'clock kick on uh, on ESPN that night. And then 10 days later, 
they host Tennessee in the return game from last year. So those two games are going to tell a lot about the season. Um, And, you know, after that, like the the ACC schedule actually is pretty soft. Um, They travel to Miami the last game of the season, which is a loss. Like we don't beat beat Miami. It doesn't matter. Like last year, you know, should have beaten Miami, didn't beat Miami. Three years ago, should have beat Miami, didn't beat Miami. You know, that's just the way it goes. Um, with uh, the, uh, the road game in the uh, ACC Atlantic uh, crossover is at Louisville, um, which I think is one of the um, quietly interesting stories of the season. Scott Satterfield in, what, his third or fourth year there uh, flirted with South Carolina a couple seasons ago and really earned the ire of the Cardinal fans. Um, this is like a make it or break it year for him. And, you know, he's got his quarterback in the league. Cunningham back, ACC Conference of Quarterbacks once again. Uh, <laughs> you can laugh, but, I mean, they got, you know, Devin, Devin Leary at North Carolina State, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, uh, Jerkovic, my guy from Pine Richland High School, my alma mater, uh, at Boston College, Keaton Slovis, the U.S. Spirit Pitt. Um you know, it's what, what DJ does at Clemson, he could be benched early and they'll bring a five-star off the bench, Kate Klubnik. Um, you know, I mean, it, it uh, Millie Cunningham at Louisville. There are really uh, – Sam Hartman, who's out for who knows how long, but at, but at Wake Forest, there's a bunch of good quarterbacks in this league. Um, anyway, Pitt, I, you know, I think I'm always the hesitant Pitt better, and I would say nine is uh, – is a reasonable expectation this year. And I um, think, uh, I, you know, I, I am probably, I haven't made that bet yet. I'm probably going to bet the over. Well, on FanDuel, it's seven and a half. Hmm. Maybe I need to place that bet on FanDuel. <laughs> I, uh, Josh, I like the over. Am I, so I'm looking at this. You don't play the only ranked team so far is Miami and sports illustrated. And this is probably not a perfect science does strength of schedule for this year based on previous year opponents win loss total they have pit tied with purdue at the 108th easiest schedule their opponents were 70 and 79 last year notre dame's at 103 so not much better which or no sorry notre dame's at 93 um their opponents coming into this year in total had a losing record last year so it's lining up but that was that was last year yeah well you know, the thing is that Pitt is always going to have a loss that makes you scratch your head. Um, and, you know, last year that loss was Western Michigan at home. Yeah. This year they go to Western Michigan uh, in week three. And, you know, it, it would not be above Pitt or below Pitt. I don't know which one is correct, but uh, it would be very Pitt-like to have huge home victories over West Virginia and Tennessee and then go – and absolutely lose the plot uh, in Kalamazoo. Yep. yep. <laughs> Josh, Josh, what about what about a letdown game? End of November, week before Thanksgiving, Duke at home, sandwich no sandwich between at Virginia and going to Miami. No. <laughs> Duke, Duke is po- possibly the worst team in big, big Power Five football. So. Yeah, I mean. It's hard to tell. I mean, so I think uh, 
Duke and Northwestern play in week two. Yeah. I think Duke and, and, goes and I thought two. Northwestern was favored. So I think Duke goes wow. to Northwestern. Um, and, uh, you know, Vandy is still going to be bad, although we won't really know how bad because, you know, they're yeah. going to get pounded by a bunch of good teams in the SEC. Right. But, yeah, certainly Duke is in that conversation. Yeah. All right. So we, we've run, run up a lot of minutes so far. Let's let's hit the highlights here. Josh, you have looked at every team. Which ones are the ones you instantly hit the uh, – the, uh, jump on that button in terms of over and unders you got some hot tips i do so uh looking at my spreadsheet here what i did was you know just go through and record what over what every over under is and then as i make the bet i'm going to record you know how much i bet how much i'll win etc so uh one of the columns i have in my spreadsheet is gut which means when i look at it i'm just like oh that's too high or too low Mm -hmm. um so i'll give you one for every conference all right um, so I'm looking at Virginia in the ACC that over and under is seven and a half. I'm going under, uh, in the big East, uh, big East, big 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that was, a uh, not exactly Freudian slip, but, um, yeah. in the big 10, I think what I like is over seven and a half for Michigan State. Mm. Uh, in the Big 12, I like um, over seven and a half for Baylor. Uh, you know, Baylor won the conference last year, right? And, yeah. I, and uh, Dave Aranda making a name for himself as the head coach there. So, I'll let you finish these five, and then I, we'll come back. Yeah. All right. Uh, I've got <sighs> so Arizona in the Pac-12. Arizona okay. State, their over under is six. Yeah. Uh, I'm going way under. I don't know if that's an option for the bet, but <laughs> but just to just to um to make clear how many people are going under on this bet at the end of may that number was seven and a half so in three months that that you know these over-unders don't move that much comparatively i mean obviously there's not much room for them to move but it it moved the game and a half down since you know over the summer uh still think uh, fanduel has a five and a half yeah so i mean that's just it just keeps going down uh, that is maybe a uh, under the radar candidate for um, first power five job to open this year. Herm Edwards is real, you know, with they've had issues with um, the NCAA compliance. Uh, they fired a bunch of assistant coaches. Um, that could be a huge implosion there. Okay. And then in the SEC, um, the one I like best is, and, you know, I understand why if someone wouldn't bet this one, I understand why. But uh, at seven, we have LSU. Man, I just think that Brian Kelly is a much better coach than that. I mean, you know, he's a somewhat detestable human being, but. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. But 
you know, seven games for LSU, obviously they have, you know, year in, year out, 10 win talent. And he's the guy who's going to get that out of them. So I like that over. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have top, top talent. So I'm going, interesting what you say about Arizona state. That was kind of fun and and how much it's sunk, but I, I have Baylor Mark too. And I'm just, I mean, just intrigued by this. I just make this point. Baylor is preseason number 10. How can their over under be seven and a half? Vegas knows, right? Yeah, that's that. That makes no sense. If you're number ten in the country, shouldn't you be a nine and three kind of team on on the radar? Why why is seven and a half the number? Uh, They have three. Well, they play again. The infamous BYU seems to show up on everybody's schedule somehow. Uh, but they have two games uh, they'll win easily in non-conference and BYU. And I think, let me see here, uh, they have uh, Oklahoma State's at home, Iowa State's at home, TCU's at home, all of which are kind of their toss-up games, right? So uh, you might give them the losses automatically to OU and Texas on the road. Uh, but yeah, five and four in the big 12 looks easy, uh, and three non-conference wins get you eight easy. So, yeah, you know, the, the big 12 is weird in that, um, first of all, they seem to be, and this is certainly anecdotal. I don't have any science to back this up, but, um, they certainly seem to be the conference where teams beat each other, each either, each other up the most, right? Like where Kansas state goes out one week and wins on the road at Oklahoma. And then the next week, you know, is taken to overtime by Kansas or whatever, like, um, and so there's some weird over unders in that conference where you've got like TCU at six and a half. Um, right. You know, like that might be a special case where, those players just hated Gary Patterson so much and, and quit in like September of last year that any, anybody coming in who, you know, they like just a little bit more than Gary means that they could win seven games easily. Right. Like, right. It, it's a weird, like Oklahoma's at nine and a half. They're probably the best team in that conference. They'll probably drop a game that they shouldn't drop somewhere, but are they going to drop three that they shouldn't drop? Probably not. Yeah, it is always an interesting conference. Uh, and uh, I think it's even more interesting with what's happened at OU, who used to be, you know, uh, almost you could put them in and pin into the championship game, right? Uh, yeah. I don't think you can do that anymore, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. Do we have a minute to talk about Texas? Oh, always. <laughs> That's uh yeah, Josh. That's my. I have an over under thought too, but go ahead. So Texas is eight and a half. What's your thought on that? <laughs> under. Under. I, I'm over. Really? <laughs> I I was just reading uh, uh John out your way the Dallas Morning News. They have them at nine and three now. They do have them beating Alabama, <laughs> which is, is is pretty wild. But they have them. If they beat Texas Alabama, Tech. they'll be better at nine and three. So, so I have them on their schedule guaranteed eight wins. And then to get to nine, you need to beat a combination of either Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or Baylor. And to Josh's point, I think the Big 12, 
uh, the, um, sorry, yeah, the Big 12 is so weird that out of those three games, I think they get one of them. So the, my, my issue with Texas is um, – I have them for five lock wins. I mean, that. what was their record last year? Did they end up eight and four? They were five and seven last year. Oh, really? Yeah, they hit that. Uh, they hit the skid of they lost three. They lost six in a row. Started with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, and West Virginia all beat them. So, I mean, you know, it's it's not hard to remember that Kansas game, right, where the right went to overtime and the walk on fullback catches the two point conversion that they went for in overtime and. Um, right. And probably the nadir of their season. Uh, it's, uh, you know, they have at quarterback Quinn Ewers, who was the five-star kid from Texas who graduated from high school early and committed, you know, like this was in like week two of last year, committed and went and like started working on the football team at Ohio State, right? And got the big seven-figure NIL deal, which is why he graduated high school early. And then C.J. Stroud goes on to, like, you know, prove that he's going to keep the job as long as he wants there before he moves on to the NFL. And so Ewers transfers back home to Texas, which was thought of as a big coup. And then, of course, Texas was the choice for uh, Cooper Manning's kid, Arch. Right. Um, couple months ago so arch will be coming in next season so this is a five-star quarterback quinn ewers who got a seven million dollar uh seven figure million dollar nil deal as uh you know should have been a high school senior who really needs to put up or shut up this year or he's gonna be you know looking for another place to go next year his third place in two seasons so i i'm really interested to see what they do i would think the under uh is the safe bet there uh, just, I don't think they'll have the consistency to win all those toss-up games. Right. Are they going to win at Texas Tech in Week Four? I yes. Mean, is, it, is that a given? Yeah, I think Texas Tech is in for some growing pains. Um, uh, they, they've had top recruiting classes for several years. Texas Tech. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, so they have a new head coach and uh, he's a he's a high school football legend in in Texas, Joey McGuire. And uh, I think it's an interesting way to go as far as, you know, like the, the Texas high school football scene being plugged into that, knowing all the coaches. I think that's going to reap some benefits. But, you know, you never know if that guy can actually do the other things besides recruiting that, you know, a head coach has to do at the college level. So um, I, I I think that they're probably going to be in for – what's their over-under? I think it's five and a half. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, that's probably an under. Um, I, I just – I think he's in for a rough first season there. But, okay, I don't see that as a lock win. Okay, Texas. That, that that's what I'm saying for Texas, right? Do, do, are they going to win at Oklahoma State in October? No. Are they winning at Kansas State the next week? No. 
Are, are they beating Baylor in the last game of the year in uh, Waco? No. Right. So that's four losses. Although I have that Baylor game being in Austin. Yeah, I, I read it wrong. Yeah, it's okay. in Austin. Yeah. If it was in Waco, I, I, I would go no, but yeah, I misread it. But still, certainly no better than a toss-up. Right. And, and if Texas goes sideways and Baylor is the number 10 team in the country. Yeah. So. so uh, I think, I think the fun over unders here are the ones that are so low, right? Like you've got Northwestern at four is what I have. It may have moved, but like. That's high. Well, it, it certainly seems high. It certainly seems like an under, but then, you know, is anyone going to be surprised if they come out and beat Nebraska tomorrow? Like, I mean, maybe a little surprised, but it, it wouldn't be like a jaw-dropping shock. Then they're a quarter, they're a quarter of the way to their, they're over. Like that's, you know, like Kansas two and a half, they come out and I don't know who they play week one, but if they come out and win, you know, they need two more wins to beat that. It, that Those low over-unders are really fascinating to me. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> so, so just I, I want to look at Kansas's schedule now that you said it because I've heard them walk through it. So yes, they got Tennessee Tech non-conference, Houston non-conference, who's ranked number twenty-four, and Duke, and Duke, who we said might be the worst team. There you go, the competition for the worst team and college football duke i guess is doing a round robin uh to see who wins this the uh the uh shitty trophy right yeah <laughs> they really are yeah northwestern they're playing northwestern and kansas but i mean let's give them tennessee tech and give them duke they're not they're not likely to beat houston in their other non-conference game you didn't who give they, them who, texas of course <laughs> you didn't a minute ago so yeah no i mean but that's the thing right like the, if they get to two if they get those two that you mentioned if they get tennessee tech and and duke both home games in september then all they need to do is upset one of those teams that comes into lawrence at some point this year could they beat tcu or iowa state or oklahoma state like or you know texas comes to lawrence this year like if they win any of those games one of they just need to win one yeah Uh, i i do not do not feel like it's a lock yes all right sean we have you on for your expertise tell us what to bet what are sure bad overs in your mind all right i got a list other than notre dame i got a list can i can i do over and unders yeah all right i got florida state under six and a half uh, I think they have a tough schedule. I don't think they're there yet. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame, my lock of the century. Bet the farm, bet the kids' tuition, bet everything on that. Uh, I like Army over eight. Uh, schedule's pretty easy, and I think they, they can do that. I, I was high on Miami over the eight and a half. I am under on North Carolina seven and a half. Uh, I think they they will struggle. Um, I don't think they're up for the challenge of that schedule. Um, we talked about Texas. And then my last potential lock, this is another fun one. Josh mentioned the low totals, UConn 
who I think will cover uh, in week zero, getting 27 against Utah State. Their <laughs> they're over under is two and a half. I think they go under. I just looked at their schedule. There is, I, I think there's, there's a win against Central Connecticut State. Uh, and then maybe they, they get lucky uh, against FIU or Ball State. But I, those are both road games. I, I just don't see. Do they not have uh, the UMass game? They do have the UMass game. Uh, it, is, it is a home game. So that, that could be number two. Um, but then they close the season with Liberty and then at West Point uh, against Army. It's just uh, I, I like UConn because they always get big points, um, but they they typically don't even cover those. So I think uh, hammer the under on two and a half wins. But didn't they beat UMass last year? They let me pull up their their 2021. They're they're a program on the oh, on the no. rise oh, last no. year. Last year they beat Yale. Uh, UMass beat them twenty-seven to thirteen. So they're a one-win team from last year over Yale. Again this year they lost to Holy Cross last year. Uh, oh, Purdue blanked them forty-nine nothing. So this yeah, year I was there. Yeah, it was one one of the best games I college football games I can claim I've ever been at. You know, <laughs> you weren't even sure you had to watch the game. Uh, yeah, like film right in front of you. Right, you know. Yep. So th- this this year, I, I just don't see it again. Maybe they get uh, the, the Central Connecticut State game is on their local CW network. I'm sure that'll draw a lot of eyes uh, September 3rd. Um, but outside of that, it's uh, it's br- it's brutal. That might they, they might be worse than Duke. I think they, they take the take the crown. Yeah, but they're not a power five team. That is true. Right. Uh, let's go back to Miami. Well, you said over on Miami at eight and a half. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm hot on Miami. So you 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 got them losing Texas A&M, right? Yep. Texas A&M, I have as a loss. I have Clemson. You could give that a loss, and then you have um, basically Pittsburgh. basically from there you have two to play with, right? So they could they could drop it to Pitt. They could somehow lose. I I, I don't think they lose to Florida State. I mean, it's really. Those first four games outside of Texas A&M, Bethune, Cookman, Southern Miss, and Middle Tennessee—it's, you know, their season doesn't really start until October. Right, and they're, and they're going to be undefeated going to North Carolina game at home. So well, that, they'd have to beat a, at A&M. So if they beat A&M, oh yeah, that, that that's the that's the third game of the season. But outside of that, I mean, it's all unranked ACC teams except finishing with Clemson at Clemson and then Pitt at Hard Rock, which I'm sure we'll have depending on the record, may have more than 20,000 people. Um, but if it's a bad season, you know, they'll have a couple hundred. Yeah. So Miami really wisened up after last year. If you remember last year, they started off uh, playing the 330 ABC game uh, at, you know, in Atlanta, the kickoff game against Alabama, which was, you know, the team that the team that agrees to do that is always signing them stuff up for, you know, an ass beating. Um, but then they had to go home and play two games in a row against Appalachian State, who's always you know a giant killer, and then uh, Michigan State, and you know they barely beat Appalachian State, and then got pounded by Michigan State. Right. And it was just such a such a rough start to the season, you know, that they then went in and lost two games by five points combined, uh, Virginia at home and at North Carolina. So they started off two and four before they started reeling off a bunch of wins. 
And that was when they, you know, Tyler Van Dyke came in. They had Derek King, the transfer from Houston, but he ended his season early. And then they really, you know, they lost to Florida State, but they won the other five games. You know, they, they won five out of the last six games, including beating uh, North Carolina State and uh, winning at uh, at Heinz Field or Afrisher Stadium. <laughs> so it was it was still Heinz Field back. It then. was still Heinz Field at that point. Um, we didn't know the catchup was so low, but uh, the um, you know I, I don't know. Miami's an an interesting one because obviously they upgraded a head coach, uh, but is he going to be able to win ten games in year one? That it's a it's a tall order. Yeah, and it looks like on DraftKings, the, the money's going with the under on them. So I'm trying to buck that trend. I just don't see – you're right. The new coach, he'll, he'll get his folks in. I, I like the quarterback. I just don't see four four losses based on what the other teams are bringing to the table. You'd have, you'd have to have faith in, you know, a, a North Carolina, Virginia Tech, or a Florida State knocking them off. Now, Florida State did last year. Um, this year it's at Miami, so that could – maybe change but they always that that's always an interesting game so well before we go to john i hear a lot of people are high on north carolina state and we haven't talked about them yet and you know you both uh, have interest in the acc uh i guess sean has a half interest in the <laughs> ACC. uh so is north carolina state going to be good and are they going to live up to the uh, preseason win total. Uh, so, so I've got them at eight and a half, and um, that's what that's what FanDuel has them at. Yeah, so pretty good number. The things about North Carolina State that maybe people don't realize is that they have put a lot of talent into the NFL. Right, they've had a lot of pieces over the last decade or so. Like they they seem to you know they just had a, a guy who was up until draft day in conversation for the number one overall pick in the draft. I think he ended up going like number four or five, uh, Icky Equinoku or something like that, uh, who was an offensive tackle. You know, so they always have this talent on the offensive and defensive lines, which is a big part of the battle. And they have a senior quarterback who, now I am not claiming to say this, but I saw a tweet that said he has the arm talent of Josh Allen, which seems like a stretch but that's what the you know one of the opposing coaches said so i think it's a bet on devin leary to really be a breakout star this year and possibly you know nc state fans like to call themselves uh qbu um they are crediting themselves with russell wilson uh phil (laughs) yeah uh jacoby Brissett. you know so they have a they have people who have started games in the nfl and have had some guys who have been pretty good in the NFL um, who have played it, who've played quarterback at NC state. And they think Devin Leary is the next guy in line. And uh, I, I think he's pretty good. I think that uh, I understand why they are being so hyped. Well, uh, there, uh, I, I think we're going to give them uh, Texas tech comes to town on the 17th. Uh, probably give them that game. So it'd probably be four and oh, in non-conference. Which to get to nine means you have to go five and three in the conference, right? So, uh, 
it looks like it's probably doable. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, I mean, last year they beat Clemson, right? And so everyone talks about, I, this is something that sticks in my Everybody crop. beat Clemson last year. <laughs> yeah, no, see, that's what sticks in my crop. And I'm using air quotes. You can't see it, of course. But uh, everybody beat Clemson means that they lost to the eventual national champions 10-3, to where uh, Georgia did not score an offensive touchdown. If you remember, it was a pick six in that game. Right. And right. then they lost in overtime at North Carolina State. And then they did get pounded at Heinz Field by uh, everyone's beloved Pitt Panthers. So th- those were their three losses. In a down year for Clemson, they went ten and three with a bowl win. And don't had don't forget, losses. yep, cheese it bowl chance. Yeah. So you know, because <laughs> we want the cheese its yeah. I really blanch at people saying that that Clemson had a down year last year because you know that was I would love to have a down year like that. Yeah. So would I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and, they, and, and, and they they did it. You're right, Josh. They, and they did it with their quarterback just being Suck. A, a disaster in some games. Like he was trying to lose. And you're right. That is a uh, that's a very good down year. If that's a down and, year. And and they're ranked number four. And we're not sure he's not going to be sucky again. I guess he won't be sucky long before he's on the bench, huh? I think that leash has to be pretty short. Yeah. So back to North Carolina State, they look pretty good to get to nine. Just uh, wa- watch out for that UConn game. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sean. Sean, Sean, <laughs> have you played the Wardle today? Uh, I know I missed the Wardle today. I got okay, I got well, I won't up. I won't give it away, but you're going love love today's word, Sean. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, as soon as we're done, I'm going to try it out. Hold on. Okay. Th- hold on. That's making me go and look because and, I forget what it is, but I did get it. Yeah. Hey, hey, John? Yes. You still with us? Yep. You got you got any uh, nail these over-unders? Got to hit them? Pound that button, as uh, they say? Uh, I'll take Duke under 1.5 wins in the ACC. Ah, look at John go. Duke. I will take um, the under on Michigan State at seven and a half because I like the value at plus one ten. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting. Yeah, there isn't a lot of money playing over and unders. I'm just going to say no, no. And I will also take TCU over six and a half. Okay. I will also take South Carolina over six and a half. Oh, we hadn't talked about South Carolina. They got Spencer Rattler. They they didn't really throw the ball well last year, so they added some QB action. And I will take Washington State over five wins with Cameron Ward coming in to help them. Wazoo. It's a flat five, so you get a push at five? Yep. That's nifty. It usually they they usually don't stick long on a, on a push. No, FanDuel has it at five and a half. So I'd even take five and a half. I think they can get six wins. Okay. Well, let's go. Uh, you know, just for the fun of it, since you two are on opposite ends of the uh, the pick here, let's look at Michigan State. What what do you guys see different here on uh, on Mighty Sparty who? Started last season hot and did not end hot, right? Yeah, they were ten and two last year. 
and uh, they won some really close games. And I think uh, luck was a factor of that. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Yeah. Were they 10-0 and and lost it the last two games? Mm, yes. I believe that is correct. Yeah. Yeah, they look like playoff contender. Well, okay, I'll open it. What are they going to do week three at Washington is uh, one big question, right? Yeah. I mean, they should win the first couple. Right. Western Michigan and Akron, Akron a couple MAC games. Get some action going. You would hope they're two and zero. I think the one they have to win to hit the over is going to be uh, the home game against Wisconsin. Yeah, they have Minnesota and Wisconsin from the West at both at home, and that might be the two best teams in the West. And their other crossover game is at Illinois. So I've got seven wins. Like, you know, obviously they could lose any of these games, but I've got seven wins on their schedule for sure. Western Michigan, Akron, Minnesota, Maryland is four. Uh, Illinois is five. Rutgers is six. Indiana is seven. See, I don't give them the Illinois game at Illinois. No, I wouldn't do that either. See the one I would be um, if I if I had to take back one of the ones I said it would be the Minnesota game. Uh, I I think Illinois is going to stink again, but um, I think Illinois named their quarterback yesterday or two days ago, and it is a I think it's Tommy DeVito who is a Syracuse transfer. Uh, that's not that does not augur well for one's success to have a Syracuse transfer at quarterback. Um, so. Well. I, before we, we, you know, just since we've talked about all these teams, uh, I hear a lot of people pitching Maryland hard uh, that even though, you know, in the com, in the division they're in, they're in trouble, but they have a lot of talent. And I know Purdue goes and plays there too, uh, as well as Sparty goes there. I, I wonder, but I, I just, I, I don't know that those are, that you can count that as a lock win this year, but. Uh, you know, the thing is, everybody loves um, Taulia Pego Violo. Pego Violo, yeah, they're great. Right? Yeah. And uh, I think he's good. He is one of those left handed quarterbacks that we talked about earlier that, I, you know, is just awkward to watch. Uh, and they have a wide receiver, Rakeem Jarrett, that is a potential first round draft pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. They got some wide receiver talent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mike Loxley is doing a nice job there recruiting the, uh, as they call it, the DMV. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think if you want to say that they don't beat Maryland, if you want to say they don't beat Illinois, on the same token, like, what's their record against the Jim Harbaugh-led Michigan? They've lost, like, twice in eight years to Michigan. Right. Um, and you know, it's always some type of weird bounce of the ball. You know, what was it Harbaugh's first or second year when Michigan had the lead and went to punt on the last play of the game and dropped the punt and Michigan State returned it for a touchdown? I mean, that's right. You know, all that weird stuff that happens in that game, like they certainly could beat Michigan. They certainly 
hold their own against Penn State constantly. Uh, right. Probably the last game of the year for those two teams. And so well, uh, both those games are on the road. And, and I, I remember somebody giving us a talking to about winning games on the road. So sure, that is absolutely true. But, you know, at this point, and preseason rankings are worth, you know, nothing. But Michigan State is a ranked team going on the road to Penn State the last game of the year. So certainly, you know, if you looked ahead at that line, it's probably not going to be anything outlandish, right? Like, no, um, I, I don't know. I, I just think Michigan State is, uh, I, I think, um, I think he uh, uh, a good head coach and uh, I think they'll figure out some things to get to that over. So you, you have the over. Yeah. At seven and a half. I would like to revisit this in early December when they go like four and eight and you all can throw that in my face. Well, Sean took it too. So it won't just be you, but I'm sure John will bring it up uh, in in December. If it turns out that he's right and you're wrong. No, I would never do such a thing. No, no, not at all. All right. We're about out. I know we're out of time, but I'm going to act like we are. South Carolina. What's their schedule look like? Uh, they play in the East, which is that the easier division of the uh, SEC? Is that Supposedly. safe to say? Yeah. Yeah. I and you know, what's their non-conference schedule? Well, it's about as soft as it could be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that Georgia State, Charlotte, and South Carolina State in the uh, non-conference looks like three wins to me. And why is it six? Don't forget Clemson. Uh, I I did. Yes. I, I. When's the last time they beat Clemson? Been a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. The SEC doesn't play nine conference games, do they? No. So if they're three and one in non-conference, they need four conference wins, right? What do you have in the red? I have it at six. Well, John said six and a half. Six and a half, I think, is what it's at. So I have it at six, and uh, and that's one that I am currently going back and forth on. Um, you know, the weird. So there's a couple of things about them. Like, I think uh, Shane Beamer came in, son of Frank, came in last year and. <laughs> beat everybody's expectations, right? Like they um, really they struggled. It was like week three, they almost lost to, I believe, Troy. And then went on to win a couple of games in the conference and and get to a bowl game in his first season. Correct. Um, so, you know, then you add Oklahoma transfer Spencer Rattler to um, the team. And, uh, you know, certainly a talented quarterback, Maybe not my favorite guy, but think that um, he's got enough talent to make some of these games close. You know, like they go to Kentucky, for example. Like, can they can they win at Kentucky? I think sure they can with with Spencer Rattler as their quarterback. Uh, can they beat Mizzou? Can they beat Florida? Can they I think they'll beat Vandy? Uh, can they beat Tennessee? Right, like all those games, true right. toss up games. So I think I'd probably like I'd probably. Right now, I think I'm leaning toward the over. Well, okay, this is you know I I you've done more research than I have. I, I gave them three and one in the non-conference. 
I don't know that they – I don't think they win at Arkansas in week two. Uh, again, if only going with the Josh on the road theory. They're not beating Georgia in week three. Are they going on the road and beating number 20 Kentucky in week whatever that is, six? No. They're yeah. not beating Texas A&M. So are, they need wins now against Vander, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Florida, and Tennessee. They need – Three wins out of those four games. And I think they win. I think they beat Kentucky. And I also think they beat Missouri, Tennessee, and maybe even both of Bandy and Florida. I see them getting the eight wins. Okay. Spencer Rattler is a huge upgrade at quarterback. Huge upgrade. And and then, you know, I think we need to, you know, sometimes uh, there, there is the mystical, the unexplainable in college football, and maybe a factor this year for South Carolina is: Did you see the story yesterday about uh, the students trying to rename their live mascot? Yes. Yeah. Trying yes. to name him Cock <laughs> Commander. Cock Commander. It's got a. It had a uh, like eighty nine percent approval voting. I liked Marco Pollo. I did like Marco Pollo. That was pretty clever. <laughs> That's yeah. not bad, but with between Cock Commander and then the. Uh, the um, Auburn, uh, you know, their Auburn, like whatever, I don't know, their Warrior. motto this year, whatever is, uh, are you hard? They are really horny in the South, apparently. <laughs> that, that, that is not that is not a uh, hot take, Josh. Yeah, that is not a hot take. I agree. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm with Steve on, on South Carolina. I think if it's six and a half, maybe even if it's six, I go under... I think you guys are right. Rattler's a great talent. If anybody watched the show QB1 and then watch him at Oklahoma, I just think he's a head case. And I think if they lose to Georgia by a lot and Kentucky and A&M, I think I, – I don't know if he's the type of player that's going to rally versus the type of player that's going to uh, pack it in. Yeah, I, and, you know, you don't know, but I, I'll, I'll – I, I, I get the St. Louis paper highlights. So, you know, and they cover Missouri. They think Missouri's going to be pretty good this year, relatively speaking. So I, I just not sure based on that. I, I'm not sure they win that game is what I'm saying. Uh, but, well, you know, maybe I, I'm, re, I'm reading the hometown stuff from Missouri. But uh. So I will tell you, um, as you may know, one of my grad school roommates is a Mizzou grad and has introduced right. me to a yeah. lot of his Mizzou friends. So last weekend I spent um, in uh, on Lake Norman uh, outside of Charlotte for our, our live fantasy football auction in, in my Missouri league. And the talk in the, in the pool last weekend was just how bad is Mizzou going to be this year? Uh, they lost their quarterback as a transfer to, I believe he transferred to Indiana uh, Connor Basilak, and they do not have a quarterback that they feel comfortable with. Uh, yeah. So it could be a real bad year there. I think uh, Eli Drinkwitz is a is a, um, a decent head coach, but you know, this is the can he make the chicken salad out of you know what? So chicken. Uh, it, they seem to always have another quarterback in the pipeline, though. I don't, I don't know if that's where they, they recruit from or, or what. But I, and I, I guess part of it is they're in the SEC, so, you know, uh, it's not hard to get 
talent when you're in the SEC. I, I mean, maybe not pro level talent, but you know, uh, and that they, they don't have to run the option. Yeah. And that that over under is five and a half. I'm looking at their schedule. There's maybe four guaranteed wins if you count Vandy and New Mexico State in there. Yeah, so that's that's tough. Yeah, I, I don't imagine Josh pounded the over on that on Mizzou. I haven't made that bet yet, but uh, I think I'm probably going under. Okay. So uh, we, we've killed a lot of time of people's lives. Uh, sum up, uh, everybody. Anybody want to have some final words, things to say that what you're excited about and so forth in the coming season? I'll start with you, Swerve. What, what, what do you – I, I know what you're excited about is the empty Heinz bottle and uh, <laughs> going to the field and cheering at the, uh, and what does the company do that has their name on the stadium now? Aren't they like a healthcare actuarial <laughs> firm or something like that? Like it, it's, it's bad. Yeah. It, that's, that's juicy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so I guess, what I'm not looking forward to is the incessant talk about the playoff. I was a big playoff proponent when they decided to go to it. Cause I, I just think it's a better system than the BCS was. Um, but it really, it really has ruined the regular season or tried to ruin. I, it, it can't ruin it. It's tried to ruin the regular season by, you know, just talking about, I mean, you know, I mean, we talked about who are going to be the four playoff teams. We talked about this on August 26th. Like we haven't had a single game played yet. And um, so what I always look forward to is the things that happen sort of off the radar or under the spotlight. Um, and, you know, just the weird, like college football is so great because of all the tradition on, on each campus and, and, you know, fight songs and, all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I'm just looking forward to, you know, tuning into the last five minutes of Army, Oklahoma, because it looks like Army might be able to beat them. You know, like that, and obviously they don't play each other this year, but like something like that, the, the, it's always the unexpected, you know, the, the people who say, oh, this Saturday doesn't look like there's many good games. And then it turns out, you know, like there's three huge upsets and, 10 games go to overtime and it's just like, you know, entertainment after entertainment. So that's what I look forward to every college football season. Okay. Sean. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Josh nailed a lot of it. I mean, in, in my opinion, there's no better sport um, than college football. So I'm looking forward to, as always um, cheering for Notre Dame, cheering against Penn state. I think they, they have a six win season ahead of them, which is, uh, Ooh, you didn't hit that one. In, in, improving on their seven win season, but it, it's fun uh, for once to be a Notre Dame fan with what I I think is a likable coach. Um, there there is a little fear this year if Notre Dame has success, and I think maybe we're seeing it already where people are now, and I hope you guys aren't, and I and I'm pretty sure you guys won't be, but softening a bit on their Notre Dame hate because they now have a likable coach. So I hope uh, no. you know. I hope no, my, that won't happen. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope my friends and then also you guys, um, you know, don't take it easy on me because part of the fun of being a Notre Dame fan is, is the folks that hate Notre Dame. And that's, that's the fun in it, right? Like cheering, cheering sure. for teams as much as you cheer um, against teams. And I, I'm like, Josh, I think 
Um, the best part about college football, while the playoffs have been pretty predictable, uh, it's those unexpected games. And it's also those teams that, you know, every year seem like they have an outside shot at the playoff. And then the last week or two, they somehow lose to uh, a team they have no business losing to. So uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. It's I guess this is year two now. I don't want to say coming out of the pandemic, but it, it, back to somewhat normal, full stadiums, um, and hopefully it's a, it's another fun year. So when you were talking teams almost in the playoff and lose the last two weeks, was, was, do you, were you talking about like Utah? Is that uh, is that you, a... you Utah comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, even going back, I, I think about, uh, and I don't know if you saw the Manti Teo documentary, the undefeated Notre Dame season. Uh, where they played Alabama was aided by a late uh, Kansas State loss. Um, I forget who they lost to, but that really, I mean, many people thought Kansas State was going to be the team to play well, Alabama and I, Notre I Dame lucked out. I remember the Kansas State, uh, yeah. So I, I, I will finish up uh, as a Purdue fan. I'm looking forward to this might be the best team they've had in 15 years. Uh, and there's some hope we might actually win the division. I don't know that they really will. But, they, I mean, we got I, years where we were hoping to win three games. So, Steve, just, I, I have them in the Big Ten title game against Ohio State. Just wanted to get on record for when it happens. Oh, for when it happens, and they'll be 24-point underdogs in that game. <laughs> but that's – I think anybody from the West is going to be big-point underdogs in that game if it, Ohio State's half as good as people think they are. Uh, I, I think – I really want to see what happens at OU and Southern Cal, uh, those big brand programs that made big changes and both took big risks, I think. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, and and uh, kind of like different, but the same as I'd really like to see something different in the playoff. But, uh, you know, people pretty much have – at least two teams already locked in, right? So it's uh, it's kind of uh, disappointing. Yeah, you I, know, I guess what I'm saying is I'm rooting for both Alabama and Ohio State to lose a couple games, and we have some real pandemonium. Of course, that's that's always the goal. But people, I think people are are quick to forget that last year we had. 50% of the playoff field as new participants. And that was fun, right? Like, right. Yeah. And either one of them, I, it, the games weren't fun. They were both blowouts. I mean, I guess Alabama kept, or uh, Cincinnati kept it closer to Alabama than Michigan did. But that was, you know, I think it was more the, the journey to getting there was a blast, right? That Michigan Ohio State game last year was awesome. Yeah. For those of yeah. us in you know, Ohio State. Right. Uh, not for Ohio State fans, but but for, for those of us who want something different, it, it was it was great. Yeah. Uh, well, all right, guys. Thanks for the time and the input. And I gotta go through my FanDuel account and uh, you know pound all those things that you got right. <clears throat> uh, I had to figure out if if there really were any. And uh, it's great. And we'll be talking to you and referring to you as the season goes on. All right. Good luck on your picks. And, and uh, we'll we'll be texting each other. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Two, two, two a.m. Saturday night. About wow. Did you see what Vandy did? Right. Yeah. Yep. That's hope. Yeah. That's hope. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah.
Bye.